Hello and welcome to a very creepy episode of Save Station Radio, where this week we'll be talking about the evil within... Oh, wait, actually, it's a report. Uh, we need to delay the evil within episode by a week just to get it done. So, in lieu of giving you all nothing, we're doing a report this week. Um, apologies about that, but sometimes these things take time. So, that'll be next week, hopefully on Halloween, actually, ideally. So look out for the Evil Within episode. But this week we've been playing a bunch of games and there's some cool news to talk about. So hopefully we can keep you entertained for at least an hour here. Uh, I'm your host, Dustin, and with me is Connor. Hello there. Yeah. Uh, bold of you to assume this is going to be an hour because these always tend to go can. long. <laughs> we should, I, Just to pull back the curtain a little bit, we always, like, I feel like our goal is like hour long and then uh, it's hour and a half. <laughs> usually <laughs> there's just so much to talk about there really is all right well let's get on with it then and let's talk about what we've been playing uh we recently went sort of used games oh you know what actually i want to address uh if i sound like garbage i'm still having microphone issues from the last time we recorded which is fun uh this time around nvidia broadcast refuses to recognize my microphone so my computer's coming in over the mic um, hopefully I should be able to fix it, but if not, sorry if I'm too loud or too quiet or whatever. <laughs> There's something. There's probably something wrong with it. So, okay. Anyway, we went use game shopping recently, and you picked up a DS game called Thresia that I'm very curious about. Yeah, so um, I'm not sure entirely how to pronounce this, but Thresia is how I've been saying it. It's T-H-E-R-E-S-I-A. Uh, it is one of 11 M-rated games that were released for the Nintendo DS, <laughs> um, which is That's such a wild stat. Yeah, it's just like it's both more and less than you would think. <laughs> oh, it's way less. No, no, it's way less than I think, considering how popular it was and how many third-party games released on that thing. Like that thing, it's like five Call of Duties on it. <laughs> Yep, but the thing about the DS, all of those Call of Duties were rated T. I, yeah, it's just wild to me. And and I guess you know, part of that's probably just like, you can't get that gory with <laughs> sub-32-bit graphics or whatever the thing ran. Yeah, interesting. well, you say that, but there were 11 of these things still. So um, a couple of them were like the obvious one, like uh, Grand Theft Auto China Wars cool that's m-rated obviously um great game by the way secretly a great grand theft auto yeah that's from what i hear it's super good uh there's also a couple jank like first person shooters like core i think is one of them which is like a weird first person shooter um because the ds had a lot of those for some reason uh but the ones in this uh, list of 11 that i'm interested in are kind of the off like the oddball ones um so at one one point when we were used game shopping i did find dementium the ward um mm. which is a first person horror game on the ds which has really impressive lighting for the <laughs> for the hardware um another one i have played is 999 uh that one i was aware of for a long time i played the original ds version and then the um hd version later that has voice acting now because the ds did not uh the one that i picked up this time was theresia and theresia is a uh basically like 
a point and click adventure game. It's just in first person and it's horror themed and uh, there's tons of ways to get killed as these adventure games tend to go. Um, yeah, it's definitely an interesting one because the it's part adventure game part like visual novel where certain parts mm. are just like reading <laughs> some text or just trying to figure out what's happening but um yeah i'm not super far into it i just kind of started it partially to test it and then like i uh, just kind of was solving some puzzles um is this adventure game in the sense that like classic monkey island adventure game or is it more like telltale's the walking dead adventure game no, it's more like Monkey Island. Like you pick up an mm. item and then you use item on thing. <laughs> okay. Um, and each room is like a pre-rendered a graphic. So then you just use item on this part of the texture. Uh, it's interspliced with these mazes that you explore in the first person. And it's kind of janky. I will say doing a point and click adventure game on the DS makes a lot of sense, obviously, because you have a pointer, like a stylus to do it with sure um but you know using the stylus on a ds sometimes is your hands get kind of cramped up uh this one alleviates that by not having any button controls on top of the stylus like you don't have to do both so you could just hold it like a book if you wanted to or you could play the whole thing with just the controls and not use the touchscreen at all which is pretty cool nice uh, that sounds interesting. I'm curious to hear how that goes as you get further into it. Um, I I barely will just touch on this because I I started it last night but didn't really get into it. I guess two nights ago. Uh, I started Medieval, uh, the remake on PS4 specifically. It's really charming. I I really love the visual style of it. Um, if you don't know, it was a PS1 game from back in the day. Um, it's really it's it's quite janky to play. Like everything feels a bit floaty, which I'm I'm not too shocked about, but it's just it's just kind of awkward sometimes. Um, only a couple levels in though, and excited to continue it. I did hit a level uh, the last time I played it where I played it for a while and then died, and there's like no checkpoints, so I started at the beginning, and I'm already a little like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. So we'll see, we'll see how far I get on that one, but um, it is charming at the very least. Yeah, this is one that's always had a certain vibe to it that I'm interested in. Yeah, for sure. Um, why don't you tell me about uh, Ultra Kill? This is one. This is the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the Devil May Quake, right? That's their tagline. Yeah. So this is a game I had my sights on for a while, and I just never picked it up for whatever reason. It's still technically in early access, but there's enough to justify its price tag. So, But I just never picked it up. Um, then Spotify recommended me a song off of its soundtrack on one of their like recommended playlists. And I was like, oh, this slaps. I got to <laughs> actually get into this game. So I purchased it. I was expecting it to not be super long because I was like, oh, it's early access. I don't know how far it is. Um, there's a lot of content in it right now. <laughs> um, I played for like, I think like three hours straight and got through about four or five levels and it was still going and i was like oh dang okay um but yeah man this basically if you it's so lightning quick and just greasy fast 
uh, first person shooting action mixed in with just like jumping off the walls and sliding and dashing everywhere. It feels very much like, um, like Doom Eternal does in the way that once you sort of master how it controls, you feel just crazy powerful while still being, you know, like you could die very quickly because <laughs> the game is still really challenging. Um, but this one, it just is so intense and so, so ridiculously fast that, um, you know, you might want to just take breaks in between levels because it's so overwhelming sometimes. But man, it is really fun to pull off. Yeah, that's cool. It it looks awesome. That's that's also one I've been looking at for a while. Yeah, and the graphical style is super cool too. It has that low poly, like low texture quality look to it. That, um, and then it in addition, it also has a PS one graphic filter for it, but. I wasn't using that because it makes it harder to see and you want to aim while moving really quickly. So uh, I decided against that. But yeah, it has a very good look, very, very cool characters, great music and really fun to play. Nice. Um, so after starting it last year, I finally jumped back into Yoshi's Island. Hey, Super Mario World 2. Just just because I, I, I love that game. I never finished it. Um, I think I said on here, Super Metroid was the first Super Nintendo game I ever finished. So, you know, just jumping back in, um, played through a couple more levels. That game is just so charming. It's so pretty, and I, and I love looking at it. Uh, it's uh, And I have to shout out the, um, and I know this is like standard on pretty much all emulators, but the ability to be able to rewind is so helpful when getting back into a game. <laughs> yeah. Big, big shout out to that. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um and I, you know, I'm not playing that game for a challenge, and it's also not meant to be challenging anyway. Um, so it's just really nice to just to be like, you know, I don't need to start this over. I can just hop in and whatever. It's super casual that way. Um, really cute game. I, I am very much enjoying it. And yeah, like stuff like the rewind and save states really cuts down on some of the some of the garbage that even the easier Super Nintendo games had. So I'm excited to hopefully finish that and make it that my second finished super nintendo game <laughs> which should be my first which should be my third i'm thinking a link to the past oh you're going big um yeah yoshi's island is definitely up there for one of my favorite super nintendo games ever um it's just so good so charming it's just it's so like unique looking for especially for that era where everything just looks like it's drawn out of chalk it's great yeah well, not lacking detail. Like mm -hmm. I, I really love that. Uh, I played it first on the Game Boy Advance version as a kid. Yeah, me too. Um, which is objectively a worse version because the colors are washed out and you can't actually tell which coins are red coins by the little glint. Uh, but I fell in love with that game on that. So playing the SNES version again, I was like, oh yeah, this game's really, really good. <laughs> yeah, that game rules. Um, Wish the babies would shut up, but that game rules. <laughs> yeah. Are you using uh, hasty controls or? Uh, whatever the standard is. Okay. Hasty's uh, where it's at. I didn't know you could change controls in that game, honestly. <laughs> it's, it just changes how the eggs throw function, so you don't have to stop and wait for the reticle to move. If you're just pointing in a direction, you push the button. Oh, then really? Then it just shoots it in that direction. Huh. Maybe I'll look into that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 
excuse me. Yeah, but having a great time with that probably will pick up, I don't know, maybe Link to the Past. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll probably have N64 games right as I finish that, so whatever. Um, what's this other game you've been playing? I don't think I've ever heard of this. Yes, uh, Fatum Betula. I looked way, up how I to pronounce this one. was like, I don't want to pronounce that. Yes, <laughs> I looked up how it. to pronounce it because fucking, it's so it's it's latin so i was like oh god i'm not gonna know how to fatum betula is how it's pronounced um this was one that i think i just saw like some tweet that was like hey if you're looking for a spooky game pick this up and i was like okay uh so i looked at it i'm very easily (laughs) swayed apparently um i picked it up on the eShop for like probably like two less than two dollars i'm sure um and it's it's fun it's a good time it's um one i didn't look this up but is there's a good chance it came out of the ps1 haunted demo discs um very much has that has that aesthetic um made by just one person and it's super short like it has about like seven different endings but you could get all of them within like an hour or two (laughs) um but yeah it has that very just sort of uncanny ps1 vibe where it's part um it's part horror game but also part just weird game like you know like lsd dream emulator is like um so yeah it's it's worth the whatever is it like gameplay wise (laughs) uh it's just you know you just walk around (laughs) and pick stuff up like a is it first person it is first person um and it's i guess a puzzle game you just pick up stuff and try and figure out how you're going to use it to uh then find a fluid that you can feed to a tree okay Um, it's kind of like a weird walking simulator or something yeah pretty much cool that sounds interesting Um, Um, yeah shout out to the secret ending though which is a lot of fun okay cool yeah uh, there's a couple of those super cheap indie games on switch i want to get into the tory games those little 3d platformers we've seen at a couple of showcases um i believe those are like a dollar a piece so every time i think about it i'm playing other things and i'm like well i'm in the middle of this why would i do that so i should just buy those um you just buy it and then hold on yeah. to them yeah that's super cool though um all right this is the big uh we got two kind of big ones here um i finished kenna bridge of spirits are you that sure is... it's not kena no it's kenna they say it in game they say in game and then i go okay i've been wrong i'm sorry (laughs) i've also been your name is uh i think that game is a delight i really loved it um i can't recommend it enough it definitely the boss battles are are big difficulty spikes in that game which i think might turn some people off uh not in the sense that i think they're unfair i think they're really well designed but like compared to the other combat it just doesn't wrap up uh, ramp up in the way you'd like it to um so you'll just hit a boss and it'll be insanely difficult but uh i ended up liking that and yeah the game is beautiful it's gorgeous if you don't know third person action adventure game kind of in the style of like older zeldas kind of um you know you're doing a lot of platforming some light puzzle solving and stuff like that just just kind of charming all way all the way around i i truly really enjoy this game and think people should check it out yeah, I really love the look of this game. I was not fond of it when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, wow, the designs are super, like, 
super Disney-ish that I was not a huge fan, but the more I look at it, the more it grows on me. Yeah, no, I, I really... It, it's quite beautiful. Um, and yeah, it, it, it does push back in the combat, so if you're looking for a bit of a challenge too you'll you'll get it here um cool all right let's talk about the the biggest game of the past couple weeks then um and talk about metroid dread metroid dread but i uh, that was canceled years ago i'm still kind of out of disbelief that this game even exists let alone the fact that i've 100 percent completed it (laughs) yeah it was a really fun announcement um well, you are the Metroid fan here, so why don't you kick us off? I think it's safe to say you're a Metroid fan now, yeah? You've played four oh, yeah. of them? <laughs> yeah, no, I played the series up to this, but I, I just recently got into it. You've got a whole Metroid, like, you've got a little Metroid shrine. <laughs> I sure do. Um, yeah, so this my the way I got this game, honestly, was kind of a mess, because... I had the special edition pre-ordered, but then they're like, oh, well, it's not going to ship for like another week. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's no way I'm going to wait for that. So I just went and bought it a second time. <laughs> um, you Spyro reignited it. <laughs> oh, yes. The the classic, I'm not going to wait for this. I'm going to just buy it again. Um, I did end up reselling the base version, so I got some of that back. But honestly, the 20 bucks was worth it to play it earlier because this game... It's really good. <laughs> as a fan of the 2D Metro, as of just all the Metroid games, but uh, I hey played. God, listeners, I don't know how much of that came through the mic while I burped very quietly as he was talking. <laughs> I didn't hear it, so. That was not a commentary it. on Metroid Dread. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good to good to note. I, there's no. Look, a video broadcast usually saves me from that kind of thing. Usually gets rid of all the mouth noises. Or I'm flying. I'd fly high here without any any protection. <laughs> that stuff. Um, anyway, Metroid Dread. Yeah. So I, as a kid, I played Metroid Fusion on the Game Boy Advance and loved it. And so, you know, waiting the whatever nineteen years it's been since that game to finally get the sequel, it really delivers. I think everything that was that I had a minor gripe with in Samus Returns has been fixed or improved, <laughs> like just straight up improved across the board for this one. The It feels great to control, super fluid and um, flows super great while not being as sort of floaty or clunky as Super Metroid was, which I feel like some people want. Um, yeah, the horror elements are not too, you know, intense or scary, but are there to keep things tense um especially when you're just exploring the map for the first time uh the upgrades are super great super fun to use um yeah basically everything about this game is exactly what i wanted from a new 2d metroid game and i can't be happier (laughs) yeah that's great to hear i i myself really enjoyed the game i had a, a fantastic time with it um you know very similar to you. I really enjoyed the more horror aspects of it. One of my biggest gripes with Fusion when I played that was I, I wish they had done more with the SAX stuff um, instead of just using it for some scripted stuff. And here they, they did kind of deliver on that with the Emmys, um, which are sort of Resident Evil style stalkers that, um, well, there's specific areas for them and you'll have to run and use some light stealth to get away from them. 
which for the most part I really enjoyed. Um, you know, I, I have some hangups with it, just but they're pretty minor, honestly. Um, I, I I have a person who does think I would when I got to the first section that was like, oh, there's some invisible blocks here. <laughs> Why are we still doing this in 2021? But um, with you know, with the exception of a couple things like that, I, I did have a fantastic time with the game. And yeah, for the most part, there is. I mean, some of that stuff is mandatory, and it's like okay. Um, and plus you don't get this, the scan pulse from Samus returns does return, but it doesn't Halfway through the game. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, and that helps when looking for some invisible blocks, but, um, yeah, there is still some of that where it's just like, eh, start bombing stuff and maybe you'll find something. (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, for secrets, that's totally fine. It's more that when it's main path progression, I'm a little like, give us, give us a hint. (laughs) Like, like, come on, this is a little bit busy work. But, you know, that's very minor. And I do have to say, I barely ran into that. This is more me looking at the reaction on, like, Twitter and stuff and be like, yeah, I get it. (laughs) I think I was just used to it because I had played four of these games before this. Um, So I was kind of primed for it. Grown up and played all of these games. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of par for the course for this. Um, Even still, if you thought it was, like, bad in the previous games, it's really not that bad in this one. (laughs) No, it's not too bad. Um... But yeah, I really enjoyed how fluid it was. I loved running away from the Emmys. Um, I actually think it's more fun like when you try to stealth with it. Um, because the just the controls and the animations are so fluid. It works so well. They gave Samus a new slide move. Um, which feels great. There's uh, this recurring series of boss battles against uh, this specific enemy type that we don't have to talk about really. But like I loved them. I pretty much loved all the boss battles in this game, actually. Um, mechanically, I think they really shine. I think they're my favorite in the series. Um, I will say, design-wise, my favorites are still Metroid Fusion. Yeah, <laughs> I think them definitely wild. that. Um, but, but, um, but mechanically, I, I love the boss fights. Those are the highlight of the game for me. Particularly the last one, I thought it was super fun and super challenging. Um, but yeah, I had, a, I had a fantastic time overall. Um, yeah, and, and thought it was a great experience. I'm glad I played through the series, too. Um, had, I had a great time with that. I'm excited to get to the Prime games next. <laughs> or yeah, maybe another was... M. I don't know. Apparently that's canon. <laughs> and I fucked I, up. I don't want it to be canon, but it is. The The thing about Dread, though, is that it does follow right after Fusion. And, I mean, Fusion, the only way to play it is emulator. Okay. Um, on the Wii U, which not many people have the Wii U, or... Uh, getting an actual Game Boy Advance cartridge, which is super expensive. Don't do that. So, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, you know, I played it on Wii U. Um, if you have that, it's not bad. It's inexpensive. It's like $8. Also, sorry for that massive peak on the microphone. <laughs> um, I should stop looking at this wave file. Uh, <laughs> I will say, not from personal experience, but wink uh gba games are quite easy to emulate <laughs> so, oh yeah no i i hacked a nintendo wii <laughs> i hacked a nintendo wii to play game boy advance games like it's there's many options but um yeah it works out yeah um and i definitely recommend either play if you're not gonna play all of them either play fusion for story or samus returns for mechanical either one will work in terms of or like, both what since to play there's more both. ties um yeah, great game overall. I, I had a fantastic time with it. Um, I will say, 
credit all your developers, please. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we've. I think we've talked about this before. Uh, yeah. Um. All right, let's talk about some news. Let's talk about that news. Got quite a bit here. I actually like the way we did a. I think we did talk about this. We just formatted this into sections. <laughs> yeah, because really for these looking. reports, sometimes we just both get on the document at the same time before recording and just type stuff. Uh, it worked out. <laughs> All right, so we're heading into the release dates and confirmation segment. <laughs> um, and the most hype release date. First, we're going to talk about Demon's Turf has a release date finally. Yay! Yay! I keep seeing videos of this on Twitter, and it still looks great. <laughs> it's great. Uh, it is. It's soon, November fourth, uh, for all platforms. So next gen, current gen, PC, Switch, everything. Uh, which is super cool and you know big shout out to them indie team for doing that that's that's an amazing effort um when is it gonna just be current gen and past gen that's what i typically like that's what i default to typically it's just people keep saying next gen and it trips me up even though it's factually wrong because <laughs> we are it's in current. the current gen. i think part of the problem is people are still struggling to get those machines <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. So I think there's some bitterness that's like, no, <laughs> this is current gen. We're still dealing with the four. Yeah. Um, but whatever, this game looks awesome. There's been a free demo on Steam that has gotten updates um, pretty consistently. So if you want to check it out, it's there. Um, I've played it. It's it's a 3D platformer um, where the main character is kind of this like 2D, like Paper Mario looking thing. Um, it's really cute. I'm very much looking forward to this. I think it's also only 20 bucks, so really affordable. Um, Finally, uh, and then the worst kept secret in video games, uh, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, will be releasing on November 11th. Uh, did you watch this trailer? Uh, I did not. Okay. Um, I, people feel different ways about the visual style. It looks a lot more cartoony than the original games did. I like it. Well, personally. It to be fair, the original games were PS2, and yeah, well, <laughs> well, yeah, well, and my thing too is like it looks a lot more like the cover art of those games, like the comic book style, you know, like like that very recognizable, like GTA. It looks like it looks like what GTA looks like on the shelf. So I like that personally. These are what I thought they'd be, which is like they're still using that base, so they still look quite old. They don't look modern at all. Um, so I think going this more stylized look is is smart. Um, yep, uh, that'll be a digital release on November 11th, and then they're getting physical releases on December 7th, and these will also be coming to mobile the first half of next year. Um, also interestingly, San Andreas will go to Game Pass at launch, and then GTA 3 will go to PlayStation Now on December 7th. Yeah, kind of weird that they're splitting up the trilogy, but I mean, works. if you have the service, that's a really inexpensive way to play one of these. That's kind of neat, though. Um, makes me wonder is vice city gonna come to switch free somewhere <laughs> yeah i mean switch does have the uh structure to do stuff like that in the switch online cool. um in the switch online setting there is like a deals section yeah yeah it'd be interesting um it also seems nintendo might have some hand in publishing the switch version which is interesting <laughs> i saw All some right. people were ticking out which is kind of interesting. Um, 
but you know cool i'm i'm looking forward to this i probably won't play it at launch because i'm busy but but um it's it seems like they're updating us and adding quality of life stuff which will which is definitely needed for these games um solar ash delayed to december 2nd that cool. is unfortunate to me because that is right in the line of halo infinite <laughs> honestly um as someone who's probably not going to get halo infinite at launch this is still pretty cool <laughs> oh the delay itself is fine um yeah not not a big delay for them um but yeah good good for them uh not a big delay just like our next game elden ring delayed till february 25th um they also announced a closed network test taking place on november 2nd or november 12th through the 14th and then if you're interested in checking out some footage there was a like a minute long leaked footage um, that Jeff Crowe put on his Twitter. It's nothing like spoilerly. It's just a character running around like a small area jumping. Jumping was the big news thing that came out of that. What you can jump? We haven't been able to do that since Sekiro. Yeah, yeah. Keep in mind that footage is from a base Xbox One, and the game is obviously not finished. But I will say it does look pretty good for those reasons. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I signed up for that network test, but I don't know if I got it. So, oh, nice. Um, uh, and you know, I unlike Solar Ash, which is probably fine at that date. February, stop, stop putting games out in February. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> See, I think it's great because, like, if there's one you're really excited, and then some you are also excited for, but not as much, you could just wait until you have time to play them, and then they're probably cheaper. Yeah, that's true. I the the issue I have with that though is like I don't want games to fail. <laughs> That's true. And uh when there's like four or five big open world games coming out right next to each other, I'm a little like oof. And then Sifu releasing in the middle of that, I'm just like a little like maybe we could split this up a bit. <laughs> yeah, some are gonna get buried. It's still not as bad as the Titanfall two situation, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um but that uh, uh but I'm sure that game is fine. Um all right, you want some id updates? Yeah, give me some id updates. Uh Doom Eternal Horde mode is releasing October 26th, which is super soon. Um it's also a free update which includes a new multiplayer map for battle mode and then two more master levels for the campaign. Um super cool, just horde mode. There's uh leaderboards and stuff. It's like the uh doom 2016 had a similar like arcade style mode i think this is going to be that only not just playing campaign levels they're going to be more just combat arenas yeah that that's cool um you know horde mode's always a nice thing for shooters like that for people who want to yeah. like chase scores and stuff yeah um the other one is the the recent release of quake is getting a uh next current gen upgrade <laughs> um october 13th actually it's already out (laughs) forgot this is an older story um it runs on ps5 and xbox series x it runs at 4k 120 frames per second (laughs) because remember this is a game from 1996 (laughs) or 1998 one of those um and then the ps5 version has dual sense uh haptic and trigger feedback support that's cool um shout out to night dive they're they're one of the best right now they're a goat for sure 
Yeah, um, um, they did say that the PS4 save files won't transfer, but, you know, whatever. Oh, I forgot to complain about what we've been playing. My fucking DualSense started drifting. <laughs> oh, but, no. Ugh. Is it Okay, so is it drifting for everything or just for certain big games? It's... So it's weird because I started noticing it while I'm playing The Evil Within 2. Um, okay, that's a PS4 game. <laughs> yep. And then it just stopped. Like, it wasn't a problem. And mm-hmm. then it started doing it again. Still in the same game? Still in the same game, but in menus and stuff too. Like, on the PS5 menu. Okay, then yeah, your controller's yeah. probably drifting. It's it's weird because I've had the controller drift slightly, but only with specific PS5 games. Oh, weird. Like, Spider-Man Remastered will drift... The camera stick will drift occasionally, but, like, it doesn't do it on anything else. So, like, it, I think it's just a game issue. Oh, weird. No, this was my movement stick, so... Um, which is a big problem because, you know, it just affects everything. Um, luckily, well, luckily, when I bought my PS5, uh, GameStop made me buy a giant bundle. So I have a second controller, which I have now unpacked, unboxed, and I'm using that. So I don't have that problem anymore, but it still sucks. And I'm, I'm not thrilled with these modern controllers in this drift problem. Yeah, that's a... it's not an issue oh. for many years, and now it seems to be one. That's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Uh, sorry to bring that down. Uh, Quake is cool. That that's awesome that Night Dive was doing that. Um, I should yeah, probably that, check that out. <laughs> uh, they the only thing they said is obviously this doesn't work on Switch, which is fine. Um, and then the PC version also isn't getting an upgrade, but that's because it already supports 4K 120. So makes <laughs> they're sense. like, there's no point. Um, the other worst kept secret in video games: God of War coming to PC uh january 14th 2022 yay yay this is god of war 2018 um super good game so fantastic game um kind of bummed they announced it will support 21.9 because i was hoping they wouldn't give me a reason to want to buy it (laughs) (laughs) buy this game again (laughs) why would they do that to me because i was just gonna play the ps4 version again um because they enhanced it already so how dare they but whatever. That game's going to be beautiful in there. Does the PS4 update support 21.9? No. Oh, bummer. No, they just <laughs> unlock the frame rate, basically, in, you know, in 4K mode. Um, oh, you are the one with an Oculus Quest that I have been hoarding at my house. <laughs> so <laughs> you tell me about the story. So the problem is it's not an Oculus Quest. Uh, this is the um the story for resident evil 4 vr uh which came out a couple days ago as of recording came out the 21st um but it's only on oculus quest 2 and i have an oculus rift s oh wait so so it won't work on the i don't believe it does oh oh that's stupid i was totally gonna hit you up and be like can i buy this on your account and give you money because i really want to play it Oh, yeah, no, I would totally play it on VR, but... That sucks. Really? Um, That's so dumb. Why? Why would yeah, they do that? I think... I don't know. Um, yeah, oh. it just straight up is only for the Quest 2. Not even the Quest 1 and not for the Rift. Just the Quest 2. 
Well, it looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday I'll get to play it, but Maybe. right now... Uh, did well, you see some of the weird censorship stuff in that game? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. What's up with that? They're, they've cut some of the... Um, you know, Resident Evil 4, great game. Mostly fun script. But there's some there's some things in there that aren't super great, particularly the way women are treated in that game. So like every instance of that they've cut, but it's oh. weirdly edited and done in cutscenes. Yeah. It's like kind of awkward where like um there's an example there's a there's a cutscene in there where um there's a character who comments on Ashley's boobs, which you know, whatever inappropriate or whatever but that's been cut very awkwardly so it just looks like she's angry at this character for no reason <laughs> it's very strange the way they've handled it yeah i'm all for you know changing that because obviously yes. that sucks in the original but you have to rewrite around it you can't just cut it out because well it's it's weird written. that they even did that because i think most people go like yeah it's an old game i i, I know what i'm getting into or but like this sucks but whatever or, yeah just put a warning you know like i think most people will be satisfied by that it's just weird <laughs> like i understand they didn't record these cutscenes. like they don't have these actors anymore um in fact the cutscenes are displayed in like a little theater mode <laughs> it looks oh, that's strange. wild yeah the gameplay looks really fun though it looks like they did some interesting stuff there um um here's another is... thing that was already out yeah sora's and smash in case you don't yeah, know we just um, didn't have a chance to talk about it and it's wild october 18th did you check that out at all i did it's um it's a lot of fun he's a uh, very floaty but his aerial combats are really fun to pull off. Um, and then, you know, it comes with all the regular things, a new spirit board and uh, classic mode and all that. And um, as someone who's collected every spirit in Smash Ultimate, I, you know, just did more spirit battles, which is always fun. Nice. Um, Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2027 PS5 and Xbox Series upgrades have been delayed to 2022. Um, you know, I get that cyberpunk one right. It's <laughs> awesome. Make sure you yeah, know Witcher that Yeah, Witcher 3, I think they could pull off, but cyberpunk, I'm like, yeah. mm, is that going to work? Yeah, no, yeah. And we, we, don't, we don't know what these are running into. Um, important to remember, they're porting these natively, so, you know, it's not just a copy and paste thing. Um, yeah, it was something that they had, like, mentioned was going to happen, and then um, there was a rumor... Or, like, the ESRB rated it, as well as um, Peggy. And then they're like, oh, news is probably going to come soon. And then, like, the day later, they're like, eh, it's actually 2022. Yeah, um, which is fine. Um, and okay. I believe if you own these games, you get these for free, too. It's that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it's all right. You can wait. Um, all right, let's talk about this Nintendo Switch expansion pack stuff. Um, real quick, I didn't put in the Animal Crossing stuff in here. Do you have any comments on that? Um, I think the Animal Crossing stuff's super cool. It was like, it was weird that we weren't getting a lot of updates for months upon months. And then they're like, oh, well, here's like 18 different updates going in at the same time. One of which is paid DLC. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, paid DLC is basically a sequel to Happy Home Designer on the 3DS, only just built into the main game, which is nice. Uh, and then a bunch of the other like returning characters and some other stuff that you can do and change is it's all very cool neat um 
All right, well, let's talk about the expansion pack because we finally got some details on that. Um, if you don't remember, this is the upgrade to Nintendo Switch Online, which comes with N64 and Sega Genesis games this time around. Um, and in this, they said they announced it will be releasing the 25th, so in a couple days as of recording. Um, it will include that paid Animal Crossing expansion stuff that will release on the 5th of November. It will be increasing by $30 for a single user, uh, so up to $50, and then $80 total for the family plan, and there are no monthly payment options available, at least what they've shown. All right, this has been probably, like, of the past week, the hottest contested news story, <laughs> um, specifically the pricing around this. What is your general feel um, I still don't super mind it. <laughs> like, I think, yeah, it's going to be kind of expensive, but depending on how many people you have on a family plan, which is pretty easy to do, just get a bunch of friends together. Um, it's, it splits out. Okay. Um, I just, I keep thinking like, is it, and I haven't really checked, but how much is a, a PSN subscription for a year? 60. 60. Okay. Then that sucks. <laughs> yes, that's the thing that I think a lot of people are pointing out. And the thing that I mean, it was like, Ooh, you're putting yourself right in the light of fire of PlayStation Plus and also Game Pass, which really makes you look bad. Um, <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a little problem. You look at the problem way. is um, PSN at 60 for one person uh that's 10 bucks more than this is but psn's servers are just way better yeah. i think that's the main thing like you could say okay yeah psn you get a bunch of free games every month and that's super cool and then like the ones that um you get with nso are old games that are not as worth <laughs> like not worth as much to some people i honestly sometimes think that playing the n64 games is better than the psn games but because i just haven't played any of them that i'm like okay cool um and it's like ten dollars more but yeah nintendo really needs to step up their online infrastructure for this to be worth it yeah it, my thing is like you're right if you got a family plan like we have four people on a family plan right and that works out to like 16 dollars a piece which is totally I worth it that's fair i think we have five right now five okay whatever that math is then yeah that's <laughs> harder um you know whatever that's that's fine especially if you can get up to eight that's ten dollars a person um not everybody has that luxury <laughs> like i will say and if i was not on a family plan um i would be pretty annoyed <laughs> somebody who's really looking forward to the n64 stuff like i think it's also they're just bundling of everything that feels kind of crappy to me where it's like well i just want n64 stuff like i don't care about genesis or the animal crossing stuff like that just feels like it's driving up the price in a very awkward way um also not allowing people to just play monthly is weird and it feels like they know it's not the greatest deal ever so they're like we're just gonna lock you in for a year um also a lot of conversation which i agree with around like the drip feeding of games too where it's like you should probably just tell us everything that's coming within the next year if you're going to charge this much and when it's coming specifically 
Like, that's weird. Yeah, well, if you're only going to charge for a year, then you should tell us what's going to be there for the year. Or at least say, like, okay, you're going to get these, this amount of games. Well, I don't know, because the they are older games. Like, you could tell us what they are. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's also just, like, I have a little bit of frustration over, like, it just feels like a missed opportunity. Like, Nintendo could have such a cool, like, the Netflix of old video games of old Nintendo games like how neat would that be if you could just subscribe and like get every first party Nintendo game with some third party stuff sprinkled in there like I don't know it just pumps me out a little bit that they're doing it like this and yeah everything about their online infrastructure I agree with it like it's bad and them charging more money is not a great look (laughs) um especially when you compare it to those other services and like yeah some months for PSN are better than others, but still, you're getting modern games most of the time, and yeah, it's just not not ideal. Yep, and we're ex- still doing it, but it's not ideal. Yeah, well, especially too if you're comparing it to Game Pass, then it just it falls off a cliff for me. Um, you know, um, I also saw. I want to warn people. I saw some people assuming that because the Animal Crossing thing is here, that they're going to put more expansion packs on here. I wouldn't make that assumption. <laughs> I think like it's, a settings, it's a possibility. It's a possibility, sure. But they didn't say I'm that. I'm not banking on it. No. Uh, they didn't say it, so I would not assume. <laughs> um, yeah, a little rough on that one. Um, we'll see. All In right. two days when it comes out. <laughs> we have uh, named this section trailer time. Um, trailer time. Shamu uh, the animation. Yeah, so this this was three um, video game to film or TV adaptations that all just kind of happened in the last couple weeks. So I'm like, you know, let's just throw them all together. Um, Shenmue the Animation is a Adult Swim and Crunchyroll anime of Shenmue. (laughs) Okay. Cool. If you're a Shenmue fan, it looks pretty cool, uh, but... I haven't played Shenmue yet, so that's okay. Yeah, I took a peek um, at that. Um, it, it, you know, it looks nice animation-wise. I, funny thing about Shenmue, for some reason, you know how Twitter will be like, here's recommended topics for you. Mm-hmm. Shenmue has been there ever since I've had a Twitter account, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've never talked about Shenmue once. <laughs> Why is this No, it's because you talk about Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's weird, I just think. Why do you think I care about Shenmue? Because you do. Secretly, you do. I watched a playthrough of it once. They know. Your algorithm is permanently Shenmue. It looked very aggravating. Honestly, the only thing, still to this day, which is wild because I own 1 and 2, but I've never played them. The only thing I know about these games is that you can like just go play arcade games or go to the Gashapon. Or in Shenmue 3, I think you could just like chop wood for money. <laughs> And I'm like, this seems more like the game that I want to play more than like whatever beat up I think it actually is. <laughs> no, I think the thing is like, there's not a lot of beat up in there. It's a lot of life sim stuff. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but with no Drive quality of life features. <laughs> like, there's no Drive way to fast forward time. time clock. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you that's have what to I'm earn after. a ton of money. Like, and I think that's why people either love it or hate it. <laughs> um, yep, sounds good. <laughs> Um, I put these in a different order, but uh, Uncharted was the other trailer that came out. 
man uncharted um yeah what do you think about this movie as someone who's played uncharted um it looks fine i this looks fine i think it'll be whatever action movie um you know i'm the first person to tell you the uncharted games like the plot isn't the reason to play this um then what is the point (laughs) it's the it's the character interaction um, oh, okay. They have super good characters, and that's that's the fun part. Uh, this movie showed me none of that, and that's why I'm a little like, okay, <laughs> like, um, and you know, character interaction and good set pieces, which this movie will probably have. Um, it also showed a bunch of set pieces like from the first three Uncharted games, <laughs> like all those games. So it seems to be mashing up a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, it looks fine. I. You know, I like Tom Holland. I think he looks very young for Nathan Drake. Yeah. Um, and that's not Tom Holland's fault. He is an adult. He just looks like a child. So, yeah. Um, whatever. Who's the guy that's with him? Is that Mark Wahlberg? That is Mark Wahlberg, who is the a terrible choice for Sully. Like, just awful. He is, but honestly, because Mark Wahlberg kind of looks a little bit more like Nathan Drake. <laughs> he was supposed to be Nathan Drake. Why isn't he? <laughs> that's a great question. I, I mean fuck monk Warburg, but like yeah <laughs> yes i agree um nice man i don't know uh, this will probably be a dumb fun uh, you know popcorn flick i just the uncharted characters are super fun and i wish this had shown me some of that you know sully is supposed to be kind of like a like a fun old man <laughs> and mark Warburg's like not giving that vibe at all <laughs> so yeah it's 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 one fine. that's like it's gonna be mediocre at best <laughs> yeah you know i'll go and be like yeah they did the cargo plane thing cool sure yeah that's that's what they want you did that um but this other trailer this other trailer is absolutely hilarious <laughs> yeah uh this is resident evil welcome to raccoon city uh the rebooting the resident evil cinematic universe i guess uh-huh um yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it and just try and guess what music they're going to pick for it, because it is the stupidest thing. Oh my god, that trailer <laughs> is what? Like, <laughs> what? It's it's so ridiculous. Like, the, the music is hilarious. The acting looks super corny. Um, the CG looks jank as hell. It looks terrible. Um, like, this, this looks like a Netflix movie. I cannot believe really this does. is releasing in theaters. Um... It's releasing only in theaters, mind you. Right. Risk COVID they for that, it, I guess. They make that very clear. Um, um, yeah, honestly, like, if it tries to be... I want it to just not try and be good. <laughs> like, if it tries to be good, it's going to hurt itself, honestly. I want it to be just as cheesy and jank as the opening to RE1, <laughs> the original RE1. Like, that's what I want out of a Resident Evil movie. And if this goes that direction, it's working. If it goes too far to trying to be good, it's just going to land in the middle and not be worth it. Yeah, I'm curious about it. I think we'll probably see it for fun. Um, Yeah, I'm not expecting a lot here. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, At all from this. It looks like it's a combination of RE1, 2, and subcode veronica which is wild because they end up in antarctica in that game so i want to see if they justify that here um yeah it looks fine it is kind of mystifying to me 
that these movies make so much money yet they refuse to give them any of that <laughs> to make them or that they refuse to make them good like if they're gonna make if you if you want to last and not just get whatever cheap dollars you can like make them good <laughs> yeah it's it's wild to me because like this one seems to be following the games which is cool but like i, I think there's a there's a fan base of the resident evil movies who want them to be cheesy which is good uh i think because well, that's what it was kind of built on don't realize how cheesy those games are <laughs> anyway oh they're yeah they're ridiculous so like pouring money into it and making it a little bit more of a higher value project i think would go a long way <laughs> just like i don't know this looks like corny as shit <laughs> and we'll have some awful cg in it because they don't want to <laughs> give them money so i'm sure it'll be a fun time i don't think it'll be a good time <laughs> but you know whatever um um i want to jump over a couple things to this last one here since we're on the topic of adaptations sure um there is a a story on some site that i forgot i'll leave a link to it of that there's going to be a system shock live action tv show Mm. um this goes in conjunction with the driver live action tv show that i think was announced a while ago um i looked into this and apparently it's going to be on a service called binge uh which is set to launch in 2022 and it's all like gaming focused productions like tv shows and stuff okay um and like the site gives you very little information and literally the only two things we know about it are system shock and driver (laughs) but i'm like this is extremely weird (laughs) so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a guess here launching in 2022 also discontinuing in 2022 (laughs) yeah it's gonna be a quibby or whatever like it just i I hate to be pessimistic about this you know i don't want anything like that to fail i want people to get jobs and do that but like this does not have success written on it (laughs) at all you know what people love video game adaptations let's make a streaming service about it like no i think netflix has it covered yeah and let's also get the biggest ipes system shock and driver like you know i know <laughs> system those are... shock a series that hasn't had a game since the 90s and driver you know i know those which... are beloved games but like they're beloved by a niche <laughs> you yeah. know they're not you know you're not they're not your assassin's creeds or castlevanias that are giving these big series like uh, this is this is probably not gonna do super well but okay yeah that's what i'm saying i'm like wait netflix already has this covered they have castlevania they have witcher they have dragon's dogma which i still haven't seen but like there's a bunch of really cool video game adaptations on netflix that I are believe doing they well have three yeah i think three assassin's creed shows in development um <laughs> and a far it's cry just, one like they got it's a bunch just of wild that like like is this gonna have those as well or is it just gonna be this original stuff i think they're also doing um e3 coverage on there which is like okay yeah this Um, does this feels like it's yeah i don't know about this one (laughs) so i'm excited to watch the system shock show on netflix in 2023 (laughs) yeah oh man with like it'll come to like peacock or some shit yeah probably it'll get sold off and then end up somewhere at least um night dive is helping with the system shock tv show so 
it'll be all right. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, that's to say nothing about the quality of these, though. I will say, never having heard of this, I don't believe, I, I have had it hard to believe they'll be putting any real budget, but whatever. Um, all right, uh, let's talk about... Since we're, we're technically in this section of future stuff. Future stuff, yeah. Um, we got a new state of play announced for next Wednesday. Uh, via the PlayStation blog, it will be happening at 2 p.m. Pacific Pacific time. Um, just set updates on third-party games, and it'll be about 20 minutes long. I'm not expecting too much from this because of those things. Um, any Anything you think might be there? Uh, we'll probably get another trailer for Solar Ash. That's the only thing I can really think of. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm thinking of stuff at that level. Um, yeah, Solar Stray, Ash, Stray, yeah. Um, Little Devil Inside, right? That was a game from a while ago. Um, I'm not expecting your Final Fantasy 16s or your Forspokens or anything like that, but maybe, you know, you never know. Um, that is technically a third-party game. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, Dying Light, like all those big ones coming out in February, I could see wanting to advertise, but I'm, I'm more expecting those sort of smaller double-A indie games. Um, but, you know, these are always fun. I, I enjoy them quite a bit, so cool. Yeah, at 20 minutes, it's probably just going to be, like, release dates, maybe short trailers. It's not going to be deep dives. Yeah, totally. Um, What else we got here? One more, right? Yeah, this is um a weird thing that happened over two days. <laughs> um, So... I believe on October 20th, uh, Goichi Suda, also known as Suda51, uh, told Video Game Chronicle that Grasshopper is planning three new IPs and maybe even some reboots. So Grasshopper and Suda51, that's No More Heroes, um, Let It Die, Killer7, Killer is Dead, there's uh, Silver Case, those kinds of stuff yes um so yeah he's planning three new ips and wants to do some reboots of some of his other stuff that isn't owned by nintendo specifically like not no more heroes or um uh killer seven because those i think are partially owned by nintendo and he's like eh, i'm good um he did say he wants to work with nintendo on potentially rebooting what's that i don't think that's true because those games are on steam yeah they just have weird publishing rights for like new ones or something hmm. weird i don't know it was something weird. i guess bayonetta one gets released all the time even though yeah that yeah, was weird um but he did say he wanted to work with nintendo on potentially rebooting one of their dormant franchises which could be interesting um obviously there's no like he did that's just something he wants to do it's not something anything that any plans are in the works but um yeah that was interesting i'm like okay cool this is great yeah um NetEase seems to be doing stuff um they're also well, yeah, the ones who scooped up oh i can't remember his name Yak- the yakuza creator yeah so this was the news that came out the day after which was grasshopper joined NetEase. yes <laughs> it's like oh well uh because grasshopper ditched or left gung-ho i think or they got dropped off by junk gung-ho um and then they're like oh we need to bounce back and then they did no more heroes 3 and that was pretty successful from what i hear 
and then it's like oh well now they want to do three new things and maybe reboots like how are they gonna get the oh well they joined that ease okay um yeah i i hope this is a good thing for them grasshoppers games are traditionally not not super successful i think no more heroes is probably their biggest hit um you know like i don't know how well lollipop chainsaw did for them (laughs) i can't imagine well yeah they're pretty niche but they are beloved um yeah and from the little uh note that netease put on their website on grasshopper's website it seemed they may want to make it seem that they are also fans of suda's work and they're like okay we want to just support what he's doing um that could just be marketing fluff because yeah. this is a company <laughs> yeah it's just interesting because typically we've you know we've done a lot of these acquisition stories in the past and i'm typically when it's microsoft or sony doing it i'm a little more in favor of it because i think that that typically means that's you know that's helping that developer in the sense especially if they make a little bit more niche things um you know that'll give them funding and make sure they don't go away when it's a third party person like this i get a little nervous i'm not gonna lie (laughs) well especially if you try and dive into netease games um it's like part of netease which is a huge corporation that also uh publishes a lot of games in japan and china which was giving me very big vibes of like Tencent, which was not a great thing. They are one of those. Um, Yeah. You know, I will say, I don't think you go for the creator of Yakuza and uh, Grasshopper, who are known mostly for making single player stuff, let it die aside, which was a free to play thing um, without trying to move in that direction. I think there's, you know, better options for them to snap up if they wanted to. So I think maybe they're just making like a console gameplay or something. Um, especially because we've heard about some of the regulations in China getting worse and those like that business on that side getting pretty rough um, because the Chinese government is halting it in a lot of cases, it seems like. So this could be them just trying to pivot. I don't know. That's just super speculative. I don't know. Yep, something. Um, yeah, interesting though. I I hope it goes well for them. I hope they they get funded forever because they just make weird garbage, and I enjoy their weird garbage. Yeah, and hey, uh, Suda, if you're gonna reboot an old Nintendo franchise, um, there's uh, quite a few options that could be pretty fun. Yeah, uh, um, could, the could one requirement this... they have to they have to have like a sword like weapon, and they have to masturbate it to get help to get health back so oh yes <laughs> the no more heroes vibe yeah so that is that's gonna be tricky um <laughs> i was gonna suggest eternal darkness but i don't know how well that's gonna fit um they could uh you know Star Fox adventures <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah oh man there's you just throw a wrench in this whole plan <laughs> uh they make weird shit they're fun but yeah uh yeah they have to have some kind of wrestling in them that's all i know oh yeah <laughs> lots of wrestling and lots of very inappropriate jokes <laughs> um all right hey, hey we did that. it only slightly over an hour look at that look at us <laughs> um thank you for listening once again yeah we should have that evil with it episode out by halloween so check that out. We're doing both games. Um, also, we are including the DLC, the story-based DLC with the Evil Within, which I'm just going to tell you, it's pretty much required <laughs> for the story anyway. 
Um, yeah, um, we are we're doing Evil Within one and its DLC uh, next week, either October thirtieth or the thirty first. I'm not sure. Um, and then Evil Within two will be two weeks after that. Yep. So ch- tune in for that. And if you'd like to follow the show and keep up with updates, you can follow us at Safe Station Pod on Twitter. Um, Connor, where can the people follow you? Follow me at Conifer SSR. Um, see pictures of my cat and my cat playing playing Evil Within with me. Yes. Uh, where can the people find you? You can find me at Dustin H Dragon on Twitter. And thank you for listening. My brain has turned to mush. Oh, (laughs) thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And please always remember to be good to each other. Yeah, and take care. Bye. Dustin forgot our outro. I really did.